All right. Uh, welcome to Reactive. I am here with uh, NPM employee number one, Raquel Velez. Woo! Hi! <laughs> and, uh, and remote PHP uh, man and uh, uh, Jason API enthusiast and Ember.js uh, nut, Henning Glattegertz. Wow. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, you forgot... And, and Khalil, of course, is our uh, front-end JavaScript ninja guru rock star unicorn. Uh, wombat. Exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, great. So, uh, Raquel, so you just came back, basically. You just came, stumbled into the door from uh, JSCon for Columbia. Is that right? That's, that's approximately correct. Yeah, I, I came in last night, but... Whatever. <laughs> My brain is on like some weird, like it's not even that much of a difference in time zone, but there's just like, it just takes a little while to adjust to the fact that yesterday I was in Colombia and today I'm in the US. And there's just like, there's just that moment of like, where am I today? <laughs> it just takes some time to figure out. Um, okay. So, so yeah. Yeah. But, but for the most part, yes, I totally just got back. Um, so since the last show, I was in Colombia, and uh, JSConf Colombia was amazing. Huh. Oh my goodness! I would I would argue, and this so I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's kind of huge. I would argue <laughs> that it is as good as JSConf EU. Wow! That's yeah, nice. I mean that's, that's they don't have something. the same size budget. They don't have uh, they don't have all of so as a result they don't have all the goodies like you know free lunch and uh, it's it's only one day of talks but then they also had one day of workshops which was pretty awesome um, but in terms of that community feel that you get out of JSConf EU they had that at JSConf Columbia it was amazing like I I was a little worried before going down there that like. I don't know. I, I was a little worried that I'd be a little uh, uncomfortable um, just because culturally there's like a whole machismo thing uh, in, in Latin America. And I'm not, I'm not like overblowing it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be too stereotypical here. It's, it's just a cultural thing. Um, and I was like worried about it, but the organizers were like, no, 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 no. We've got a code of conduct. We're, we're like, we're really strict on it. Like, don't worry. And sure enough, it was the most comfortable conference I've ever been to. Everyone was so nice. It was like respect was just oozing out of everyone's bodies. It was like amazing. <laughs> People like asked permission to have a selfie with me. I was just like, this is amazing. This Aww. is so cool. And then um, so I, I gave the closing keynote and I didn't realize it was a keynote. I just thought I was the last one on the list. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. so key- keynote means that basically everybody came for that talk yeah so like right that. exactly and so the, it was a packed room and I'm like oh my goodness because I, I so I did the whole thing in Spanish right and I was practicing like oh my god I, just like whoa I was just practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing and trying to make sure that I like remembered all the pronunciation <clears> and everything <throat> like that But because of the location of the venue and just the timing of the day, like I basically had to wake up at like 6.30 in the morning and I didn't present until 6 p.m. 
Um, and I was exhausted. So by the time I get on stage, like the adrenaline like hits. Mm-hmm. And then about halfway through my talk, I like start to blank on oh. words, words that I've been practicing over and over and over again. But this crowd was so amazing that like they were laughing at my jokes. They were like in it. They were like totally on board and super supportive that there was just a moment I was like, I can't even remember the word for this right now. And someone from the back of the room just shouts it out for me. And I was like, <laughs> that's the one. You know, and it was just like so cool and so chill and so fun. Oh, and afterwards, they were just like, that was so fun. That was so, so fun. Oh, my God. I can't believe you did that talk. That was so great. And I was just like, I can't believe I did it either. <laughs> oh, my God. That's fantastic, man. It was so was so this a great. completely new talk or is that something you had already done? Um, it's the same talk as the strange loop talk. Um, I, I cut it, I had to cut it down by 10 minutes. So I had to take some stuff out. Um, but it was all in Spanish. So it was like, as far as prep time went for me, it was exactly the same amount of time. Like the benefit of, of not having to come up with like the flow was really nice, Mm -hmm. but instead I, I, spent that time the time that i would spend on flow i spent on vocabulary learning yeah. <laughs> and figuring out how the mm. hell do i say this so <laughs> no. why so how come because i'm sure that there were people there also talking in english so why were you talking in spanish why why that decision decision um a couple of different reasons uh kind of the easy reason was i needed something i needed a challenge that didn't require me to come up with new content because I'm really burnt out, and mm-hmm. I really like Juan Pablo Buritica. He was the one of the organizers this year. Uh, he got me like he he's been asking me to do this conference for like three years, hmm. and so he booked me a year ago. <laughs> he was like, he was like, you coming? And I was like, uh, I don't know. He's like, no, no, 2015. Like this was 2014. He's like, no, no, for 2015, I want you to come. And I'm like, okay, I don't have anything on my schedule yet. And he's like, good. <laughs> Like he he gave me a a Google invite like a year ago. <laughs> He's like block this off. So um, so he was like, if it's his last conference that he's organizing. He's been doing it for like five years, and I was like, I'm gonna do something crazy. This is my last talk uh, of 2015, and it's gonna be my last robots talk. And so I was like, you know what? Let's go out with a bang. Let's do it in Spanish. You know, mm-hmm. um, that was the easy reason. The kind of more, the deeper, uh, sorry, that was like the shallow reason. The the deeper reason for me wanting to do the talk in Spanish was because I needed, I, I know that there are a lot of people. So like there's this weird kind of, I don't want to call it a burden, but I don't know what, what other word to use. But there's this kind of notion in underrepresented communities where if you're, if you're doing really well, other people are going to look up to you. And they're going to use you as a role model, whether you decided that you wanted to be a role model or not. Um, And so I knew that that this was people were going to see me on that stage as the last talk of the day, a.k.a. keynote, apparently, uh, and see this Latina woman on stage talking about a really technical topic like robots. And I've had a lot of women coming up to me like like in bathrooms in secret (laughs) being like, I never knew that someone like me could be on a stage like that until wow. I saw you, you know? Yeah. And so oh, wow. I needed, like, this was an opportunity for me to show the women in that room. Cause there were only two women speakers 
at, at JS Conf Columbia. I think if there's one negative thing to say about that conference was that there were only two women speakers on the, on the talks day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was me and Jen Schiffer and Jen did amazing. Um, of course. And, uh, and like, there's just this opportunity for me to say, look, I'm a woman, I'm a Latina woman and my Spanish isn't even very good. And I'm still up here and I'm talking and I'm doing this thing. So anybody else who identifies that way but is scared to talk in English because their English isn't very good, like, look, if I can do it in Spanish, you can do it in English, hmm. right? And, and it, it, it's kind of this, I needed to do that. I needed to show people who can be up there on that stage. And, and literally, it can be anyone. It does not... <clears throat> The people that you see are not the only people who are allowed to be up there. Um, so that's that's kind of my reasoning for doing it in Spanish. The shallow that's reason awesome. and the deep reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's amazing. That's great. Yeah, uh, that's very. Yeah. So did you when you say you practiced awesome. uh, like crazy? Did you did you try it out on 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 native speakers, <clears throat> or did you just practice yourself? Uh, I just practiced myself. I was too scared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, I mean, I, I asked for so much help on, on like just the wording of things. Um, but the other thing was, right. Like I didn't want it to be perfect. It, it needed to not be perfect specifically for the reasons I already described. Like if it was totally flawless, then people are just gonna be like, wow, not only is she fluent in English, she's also fluent in Spanish. There's no way I can compete with that. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. Don't compete with me. Mm-hmm. Just join me up here. <laughs> we can do this together. <laughs> yeah, and so. it was exactly that. It's it, it it sounds like like you really like because it was not perfect. The crowd was even more integrated into yeah. your talk, which is cool. oh yeah, totally, totally. It was awesome. So amazing. Yeah, that was JSConf Columbia. Anybody who's in any of our listeners who are in South America, definitely go. If you're outside of South America, go too because it's it's so great, such such a great conference. Um, and if you like Ruby, there's Ruby Conf Columbia as well. It was the same weekend, so like the day that the JS Conf had workshops was the Ruby talks, and then if you're and then the it's like they swapped. So like the Ruby conference or the Ruby workshops rather were when JavaScript was talking. And yeah, you know, vice versa. Um, so definitely a really great community down there and so welcoming, so supportive, just really awesome. But Sounds yeah, like also the food. Yeah. Oh yeah, the food tell us about the food. Yeah, the food was so good. I love eating. <laughs> I could just eat like all the time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I recommend uh, just just go and, and eat. A lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did. Uh, but anyway, enough Sounds about good. me. How? Hold how on, hold on. I wanted to know. So, what, 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 what other talks were interesting over there? Is there videos coming out that people can see? Yes. And- yeah, videos are coming out. Um, there were some really good talks about all sorts of things. Um, Jen Schiffer gave her last tech talk ever, um, and so that was kind of sad. But she talked about. Uh, making art with code, which was really fun. Uh, Brendan Ike gave the opening keynote. I, you know, that was fine. Mm. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, that was all right. Uh, okay. Alex Sexton gave a really fun talk about web security, cool. uh, which was really useful. 
Uh, there are a bunch of talks in Spanish, which was hilarious for me because I'm sitting there trying to pay attention, but like accents are so different all over the place that I was just like, I know you're not speaking English, which means you must be speaking Spanish, but there's no way. I, I have no clue what you just said. <laughs> like, <laughs> so shout out to the awesome Argentinians out there. Um, let's see. There were some like really cool talks about like performance and how to, how to like get the most out of your app. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like blanking on specifics, specific talk titles, but uh, it was just, it was a really, really fun conference. Uh, oh, uh, Tim Petruski. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he did a really fun talk about uh, music and JavaScript where it was it's called Nerd Disco. And that was really fun. Mm. Um, plus, he's just a really fun guy. Mm. And um, I got to talk to him in German, which was really <laughs> fun because like, not only am I like context switching between English and Spanish, I'm just like, and now for something totally different. Hello, <laughs> wie geht's? And he's just like, what are you doing? Why are you talking to me in German? Nobody's talking to me in German. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, yeah. oh, oh, speaking of Germans, um, Thorsten Lawrence, uh, Lawrence uh, gave a really great, really awesome talk about uh, understanding how a a cpu works and he like came up with like a visualization so that you can literally see like the zeros and ones changing and like understand how a cpu really works at the lowest basis level that was really fun cool uh, was that like yeah. a web application that he made to show that to animate yeah that? Okay. yeah yeah it was so huh. um look out for them i will i will tweet them up of course of course very cool so yeah. Nice. <clears throat> all right. Enough talking about JSConf. Yeah. What have you all been up? To? <laughs> oh, we 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 had a, we had the most amazing descriptive interview yesterday. Yeah. With uh, Jofar Jafar Jafar. I, I I have problems pronouncing his name. Jafar Jafar Hussein. I think he said Jafar. Yeah. Jafar. Yeah. Jafar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Not the way it. I thought it was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's not Jafar. No. Isn't that like a magician in like a Disney movie? Anyway. Uh, yeah, he's the villain. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Aladdin. Yeah. Okay, so, um, <laughs> no, so, I mean, I, I don't know if you ever saw a, a talk given by him or anything. Like, there's a bunch of videos out. And he's just very good at, at explaining and talking. And he packs a lot of, there's no ums or uhs or anything. And it, he packs a lot of information in a very short amount of time but it's very succinct and very well explained and he basically gave us like his life story from when he got interested in computers up to now and it was just amazing it went like two hours and we had like we barely (laughs) got any questions in because it was the story the story was like it was perfect it you know he started out and explained all of his, you know, failures and successes along the way and the things that he learned and it all sort of tied together in the end and now I created Falcor and, you know, <laughs> out of all of these things that I did along the way and that's what came out of it and that's like, you know, yeah. his current big success. That was, was really amazing. Was really like good. so generous, you know, with with giving away like this this all this information and his time because he's like super busy being tech lead at Netflix and stuff. 
but he he blocked those two hours and he was just like <laughs> giving it all out it was so cool and yeah I, and what henning said the the most interesting thing was like those things that he emphasized during the story the things that he learned and the people that he was influenced by all those things really came together in this like beautiful way at the end where he's you know where he t where he um basically uh created Filecore at netflix for three years and using rx uh observables and stuff like that in in the uis and stuff like this it's just crazy so yeah there's so much good information i mean on on a technical level personal level you know career stuff everything it's that was amazing it was really good i have to listen to that a few times and take notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great so and that's why we're kind of beside ourselves right now because we i uh, went to bed pretty late after that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was kind of uh yeah this today i was just like my i couldn't really think or do anything I was just at work, like uh what yeah so your mind was literally blown <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exacto <Awesome. clears throat> Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> so I also have some news on the uh, so the nested loops front. So nested loops is that group that we formed uh, to do the JSCon for you performance, and we did that T-shirt right where there was a Teespring campaign, which ended like I don't know a week ago or so, and we sold uh, a bunch of T-shirts. I think fifty something. Um, And we made $323 profit from that. And, um, and all of that's going to, to charities. So, uh, Jan Lennart had a great suggestion, which was to use joinfundclub.com, which mm -hmm. is, um, an organization that That basically is, it's like a newsletter and you get a newsletter every month and they, they, um, suggest, they suggest a, um, a sort of a charity that has to do with, with marginalized people in tech of some sort. And so, <clears throat> um, so let's see, joinfundclub.com. I'm just going to go there. And um, so, and, and they, they suggest one every month, and then you can go ahead and, and, and um, donate 100 bucks. And then if you do that, you click on a link in the mail, and then they will send you another one. And if you don't click on that link in the mail within seven days that you donated, because you donate directly on their site, you don't, there's no join fund club donation page, and they make a percentage or anything. Like, this is completely. Mm you know, voluntarily. And uh, um, so if you don't click on that uh, link in the email within seven days, then you get unsubscribed. And that's mm. it, right? So <clears throat> this is a, this, I think this is a great way to, um, to spend that money. And um, so I spent the first $100 on the latest, um, I have to on the latest thing they recommended, which was about um, mapping the, the like, uh, like in San Francisco, a lot of people get, because of the gentrification and everything, a lot of people get um, kicked out of their houses and stuff. And mm -hmm. this is kind of a charity that 
that kind of tries to document that and also help people that are being affected. So it's the anti-eviction mapping project. And so, and then well, I'm just going to do that three times basically. And, uh, and every month I'll give those a hundred bucks to one of those charities. And, uh, uh, that's that. I think that's cool. You know, Very we did nice. a little bit, uh, doing a little bit of giving a little bit back through that, through that little, uh, project that we did for JSConf. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I'm curious when it's, it should arrive shortly because it was announced that it shipped, but it takes a while to get over here. So we'll see. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a couple of weeks or so. Yeah. I'll let you know when I get mine. Cause <laughs> awesome. I'll probably get mine first. I want to see selfies. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a good idea. Make that work. I can totally make that work. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Yeah. Henning, what's been what's been going on for you? Oh, uh, it's gotten cold. <laughs> <laughs> Fall is here. <laughs> oh. No, it's uh, it's actually really nice. The leaves are turning. It was just. Um, driving today and it was actually a little bit sunny so really really cool but aside from the weather um you um issued this this challenge or this um suggestion to talk about what we would or what people would what kind of advice they would give to um people starting out and i just wanted to mention um that actually the the interview with jafar that's come or jafar that's coming out has a lot of good information i think also for new people or just general career advice so definitely definitely listen to that um for that kind of information as well and um let's see what else i have um i started reading a book uh, it's called rock and roll with ember and uh, it's an ebook <clears throat> and it um it's done quite interesting i think it's uh you can buy it in three different price categories and uh, I just got the highest one, and um, it comes with you know some screencasts and access to the Git repo or GitHub, re- yeah, the Git repo on GitHub um, with a code that is used as as the example in the book. And um, I was you know I had some questions about it, so I just wrote the author, and he wrote me back like on the same day, and we had this this back and forth over several days, and he you know made some. Uh, he basically came back. It's sort of like, um, I don't know, an extended version of his book. He he like answered questions then on things that were unclear to me, and uh, took advice on, you know, making modifications for his next release. So I thought that was a really, you know, I hadn't experienced that before. When when you buy a book, you have like this crazy access to the to the author, and this interaction, and kind of also influence on the the book itself because um people are actually committing fixes to to the code and so it's this um this organic thing that's uh continuing to change and new releases coming out so i just thought that was uh really interesting and i wanted to give him a shout out um for that book because that was a really neat or is a really neat experience to to have that kind of support for, for something like that so um yeah i've been reading that and fiddling with ember still again more (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah that's cool how do how do how do you 
mean, so it sounds like honey, you're, you're cool with it, but um, Khalil, how do you feel about reading books for technical reasons? Cause I have, I have my own personal opinions on this and I'm, I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts for technical reasons so you mean for to learn about tech stuff yeah yeah like like, like reading reading technical books like you know uh mm-hmm. etc um i i it's a good question i like i like i like the the ebooks i mean uh mm-hmm. I, I can't really think of uh any technical books i bought that weren't ebooks and uh, mm-hmm. the ebooks that I bought, they are mostly also available for free uh, as a website online, mm-hmm. and they're constantly being updated. And um, you know, in that case, like buying the book, it uh, feels good because you because in those cases, like the authors are, you also know the authors mostly, and or have heard of them, and you know that they know what they're talking about, and it's um, and it's and it's in like it, it's like in in-depth kind of <clears throat> piece of work about that subject that you want to get into and in that case i definitely appreciate them yeah so mm-hmm. in that form i do appreciate them yeah but you're asking about the just the form the you know the information in the form of a book versus yeah something yeah else. versus yeah. something like stack overflow or whatever i mean yeah. Me personally, I have a really hard time reading technical books. Like really hard. I can't. I can't sit down and like read for more than like. I feel like I'm. I'm the perfect audience for like well written docs or Stack Overflow or something like that because my attention span is about 15 minutes when it comes to technical <laughs> content, and that's it. No longer. And I feel like if I had to read, uh, if I bought a book and spent you know only 15 minutes at a time reading it. By the time I finished it, the technology would be like over and dead, <laughs> and I'd have to buy something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I guess it also depends on what kind of technical book it is. Um, yeah. I must admit, though, yeah. I must admit that that I also have a very hard time uh, reading through those books, though. And yeah, I, cover to cover, you can forget. I can't do that either. Yeah, the only book that I can remember that I ever like the only tech maybe that's even the only technical book ever that I read all the way through was Human JavaScript from, from Henrik Jortag. And that it's a pretty short book, but it's um it's it's so well written and um so like it's it also explains like basic concepts in a really nice way. And uh yeah, so I can definitely I would definitely recommend that book also by the way. I think I did that already multiple times. But uh that's the only book that I ever only technical book that I that I read all the way through. Yeah. But other than that, no. I bought some yeah, other I ones, and... but I didn't re- read them all the way through. Yeah, I pick and choose the chapters as well. Yeah. And uh yeah, I think when I said, you know, it depends on the kind of book, um I can't really recall anything that I read cover to cover either. Probably one of, well, back in the C++ days, probably, <laughs> yeah, sort of the meta programming stuff. But uh, um, other than that, maybe JavaScript, the good parts. I read most of it, not all of it. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I really liked effective JavaScript in, in terms of, like, not only being a really good book about JavaScript, it's it's about the same as jobs with the, the good parts but the way that it's written is very much in a like you have 15 minutes of attention span 
let's use those 15 minutes effectively. (laughs) And so it's like, like each, each thing is numbered and it's like, number one, there are three different, or there's three, or there's four different types of this, right? Like, and, and it just gives you examples and like a clear explanation of what it is. Here are the examples and you're done. Now let's move on to number two, you know, right. And like, it's just really nicely laid out, um, it also has syntax highlighting, which is a big thing for me. Uh, but I, I still didn't get through it all the way. Like, I, I, I couldn't. I was like, okay, I have 15 yeah. minutes of time. And then, now granted, JavaScript's not going anywhere. But, like, now we're in ES6 land. So, I don't know. I'm just saying. Right, that's the other problem. Stuff gets, yeah. you know, out of date and stale. And yeah. if it's on paper, for sure. Because, yeah, you can't go and buy right. Well, you could go buy the next edition. But things don't move as fast. And if you did the the ebook that... I've I've had a few books now that are continuously updated and improved. I mean, I've mm-hmm. had one for unit testing in PHP. I think the guy's been updating it for two years. I mean, I get an wow. email every few months. Yeah, every few months. Um, hey, there's a new version out. You know, and and that's kind of a that's a big commitment too. I mean, for an author because it's not like you provide him with re reoccurring revenue. You just you buy it once up front and then. That's it. So right, right. Yeah, interesting. Cool. All right. <clears throat> so on the topic of reading, so what there's uh, something what's interesting what you can read are those um, AMAs on GitHub. Did you guys uh, see that? Ask no. me. No. So, um, so Sindra Sorhus, um, he is a pretty well-known developer in the front-end world, and um, he started this initiative, basically created a, a repository that he called AMA, and it was Sindra Soros slash AMA, and um, and put a readme in there and said, hey, you can ask me anything. I'm, you know, I did this and that, and, you know, ask me anything personal or work question or whatever, ask me anything, and then, but in the issues. So you can, you can ask a question in the issues, just create an issue, and... Uh, <clears throat> And that has seen quite some um, some uptake. So he also created. Uh, he's also um, a, a great creator of awesome lists. So those awesome lists started with he started a, re- a repo- repository that was just called Awesome, and he made it. He made lists of awesome things and categorized them, and just link. It's just a, a, a huge link list. And then he has like sub awesome repositories. Like <laughs> the awesome list is like a lot of those awesome links are like links to other. Uh, repositories that 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 only contain links to that category of awesome things and he also made an ama's um awesome list and um i i knew about this um ama thing since uh, a few months or so i think it's going um or is it longer i don't know but um it's relatively new and i <clears throat> at some point also thought hey this this is a cool thing i like i like that idea and uh but just recently, when I saw this huge list of AMAs, um, AMA repositories, um, I said, "I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start one on my own." So I, so 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 how you do that is you can there's a link somewhere that says start your own AMA, and then you get like a readme with how you do that, and basically you just fork. Um, this AMA repository from from Sindra, and then you have your own repository, and you have your README in there already. You can edit that, 
And and then people can ask you questions in the issues, and you can just post it on Twitter and say, hey, "Ask me anything." And um, so I I created mine on a Saturday, <laughs> and then of course there was no questions for like, <laughs> yeah, there was because whoever like nobody's you know, on a weekend like whatever. <laughs> but uh, so and I and then I quest and then I I think I posted yesterday uh, successfully dodged all the questions so far. Posted <laughs> the link and, and, and got like three questions in there and and. And uh, that's fun, you know, uh, just and what's cool about this, too, is like if you are somebody and Raquel, I think uh, you might be maybe a person like that, uh, somebody who gets a lot of questions and emails and you kind of um, you have to write the same answer over and over. then this is a good way to to just have have it out there pub publicly in an, in an issue and uh, and have a link to send to people. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and there's this is really cool. Like you, you can, you really have very interesting questions that are asked, and then um, mostly the the very interesting uh, answers as well. Like they, and they vary, they vary. You know, sometimes like a question that's just like, "What's your favorite editor?" And then the other question is like, "How do you balance your work life and and and, and private life and stuff like that?" So, Did Cinder cool. come in and, and ask some questions on your AMA? No, no. Uh, mm -hmm. It was uh, Anselm Hahnemann. Ah, yeah. Because I think he did that in the beginning, it seemed like at least, that he, everybody that forked it, he came in and asked a bunch of questions. Yeah, he he asked yeah. a bunch of questions. Yeah, he's doing like his mm. research. Yeah, yeah. So it was two cool. people and, and bo both are actually friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to come yeah. and ask I mean, you something too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that's, that's cool. I, hey, I would say, yeah, I'm just like, I think you guys should also do it. I think that's a... Uh, It's a really cool, I, cool little thing. I just might. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I'm going to think yeah. of a question. <clears throat> I want to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, I'll announce it in, the, in our Slack channel before announcing it on Twitter. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> um, cool. So what else? What else is going on? So... I saw a really cool article about offline support um, with just one line of code. And so that was an intriguing uh, headline. And um, so I clicked the link and it turns out that it is a, um, it is a article about surge, surge.sh. I think, did we talk about surge already? I think we did. No, I don't think we have. I don't think so. Okay, so Surge is is just like a hoster, like a hosting. Well, it's not a hoster; it's like a service. Oh yeah, yeah. And right, 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 right. And they they are specialized on hosting static websites, and they have like a bunch of optimizations built into their hosting service for 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 static websites that that you don't normally get from like just a hoster that hosts everything, and. Um, And they host, you know, like they host uh, everything for. They host your website for free unless you wanna ha you wanna have SSL support and something else. I don't know, but just for an, a small static website or static web app or whatever, it's uh, it's it's definitely a good option. And um, yeah, so and what they do is that they generate the app cache manifest. They generate an app cache manifest and. So you can just um, include a line of code in the head of your your um, HTML files, 
and uh, link to that app cache file. And what it will do too is that whenever something changes, whenever a website, um, I mean, like a HTML site within your static site changes, it will also update the app cache automatically, which means that just very simple offline support just works out of the box. Meaning that if people come to your website and you have that thing in your head, um, in your in your HTML head, then it will store your static website, basically your static assets, on the phone or or uh, your Chrome browser or whatever. And uh, when you don't have internet, it will still show the same. Will will at least show the site uh, the pages that the person visited already. Which is which is really cool. I think I think this is really where the like especially app developers are kind of pushing. Um, they are kind of they want browsers to implement uh, better support for that, namely namely um, service workers, and um, and I think this is really going to be. I think this can be a big shift for for the web in general. Like if more pages, more websites really embrace offline capabilities. And and your browser and your important sites or sites that are valuable to to people are not just dead when there's no internet connection. I think that's that's definitely super important. So I definitely uh, I, I think that's a really cool cool little extra service that they're that they're doing there at Search. I I could not agree more on the offline kind of movement. I think especially being in Colombia where. The internet speeds were not what I'm used to, um, and I was just getting frustrated. I, I know I mentioned in in previous uh, podcast episodes uh, that if I have to wait more than five seconds for your for your website's page to load on my phone, I'm just going to find something else, right? And like, unfortunately, all of my websites took that long. <laughs> So I literally could not see anything. I was like, oh my God, this is driving me absolutely batty. Um, and so like having offline capabilities would just make life so much easier. Also, I'm looking at you game developers. Any of you who like require me to be online to play like a, a game of solitaire, I'm never using your app again. It is really, <laughs> really annoying. <laughs> Because <laughs> exactly. I just want to play like solitaire, right? It's like it's not even like it's not a, a real time app with like multiplayers or anything. It's just me. Why do you even need me to be online? Um, although I did see this really interesting article about what game developers like free, like what the whole freemium gaming is all about, and like how they actually get a ton of information out of the freemium gaming community because uh, they end up selling your data for money. That's how they make their money off of oh, your nice. apps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the the crux of that article was pay for your your games on your phone because then they can just make the money from your money as opposed to selling your data for money. <laughs> yeah, like, or they'll do both. <laughs> right, or they'll do both. So just never game. Just stop gaming. <laughs> all of the games, just just turn them all off. Don't ever, don't game at all. Don't game. <laughs> <laughs> if we learned anything from this is don't game. Don't game. <laughs> don't game. 
Turn off the internet. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yeah. So Henning, what did you want to uh, say about Overcast? I see oh, there's yes. an Overcast link um, here. Well, I guess it went. I don't know when exactly it went into version two, but uh, one of the the most um, pleasant new features there is that it uh, it will if you're if the podcast you're listening to has even just timestamps in the in the show notes it doesn't even have to be you know tagged in the audio file i guess um overcast will parse your your show notes and actually link the the timestamps to the audio so when you when you when you're basically playing for example our podcast reactive you can you can open up um the the show notes and scroll down and it'll show you a um a linked um version of of our our timeline and you can basically click on you know or tap on any of the, the topics and the podcast will jump to that particular timestamp so you can jump around you know like the chapters feature i guess in in a cd or dvd so that that to me is extremely extremely useful i like that um and uh, I guess not that many. I haven't. I've seen it on a few other shows, but not not that many. But that's just neat because number one for me, I can go back and uh, find stuff easily. So sometimes, you know, I listen to something and I, I remembered. Okay, this person said this there. Um, I'd like to hear that again or something, and it makes it much easier to find, or it could potentially make it much easier to find, or you know. It also lets you skip stuff that you're not, not necessarily interested in, and I find that very useful. And um, I think the 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 other big thing um, <clears throat> there were some questions in our Slack channel too is like why why Overcast? Mm -hmm. I think one of the other really really neat features is that um, this app I think probably well as far as I know it's one of the first or the first that lets you actually either share the entire episode as a link and you can send that to someone and that someone can listen to the episode without having to subscribe to the podcast or download it or anything. It just basically goes to the Overcast uh, FM website and the person can listen to it there in a player. But what's even better is, is you can actually send a link to a specific spot in the podcast. So if you want to send someone, you know, something about a specific topic in our podcast, you basically go in the player and you say, okay, share this, and it'll give you a timestamped link that you can send to someone. And I think he even integrated that in Twitter cards, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. So, so if you post, if you post, now, the, so if you share the timestamped link on Twitter, then when people go on that um, uh go to that tweet online, like on the web version of Twitter, then the, there's this overcast card that allows you to play from that point, the podcast from that specific timestamp point in your Twitter card, <laughs> which right. is crazy. Well, that, I've actually used that a few times. So when we've talked about certain things, I would tweet at people and say, hey, look, we, we had chit-chatted about this and this. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they would respond and... They don't have to listen to the whole thing. They can just listen to that <clears throat> that segment. And uh, this was, I think, a long a long time. This was a problem. So you were you were locked in 
you know, in your player, you had your, your audio file, but you couldn't, you know, necessarily easily share it with anyone. And uh, this allows that. So I think that's, that's really awesome. And um, the other thing, I mean, we talked about last time how we, you know, deal with information overload and so on. And this might sound a little extreme and crazy, but um, Overcast has this thing called Smart Speed. And what it does it is it uh, on the fly cuts out silence in the, in the podcasts. And it might not, you know, think about, okay, it's, you know, a few seconds or maybe a minute or whatever per hour or something. I have no idea what it is, but you wouldn't think it that it's that much. But I looked at my my stats um, just recently and it says it saves me 26 hours of listening time by doing that since I've started using it, which is, oh I think, maybe 10 months or so. But uh, <laughs> that's nuts, isn't it? 26 hours? That's... And that's on top of... Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say that like 26 hours is a lot. I mean, that, that's a full day and some, but then I kind of wonder what happens because then you're, you're kind of digesting your, your podcast, like a fire hose, right? Like it's like <laughs> drinking from a fire hose. Like there's no pauses, none at all, nothing at all. No, no pauses, no, uh, here's what's going on. You're just like, my brain. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, you know, <clears throat> I have a certain podcast I can listen to at 1.5 speed and with smart speed and it works because of the way people talk and others you can forget that they talk too fast but it also yeah i i have a lot of stuff i want to listen to and um you don't really notice it after a while like mm. i said it sounds crazy you know when you tell if i tell that to someone they're like are you nuts or something no but this <laughs> but, is a, i find this is a very subtle kind of speed up i yeah. i have it on I have it. I turned it on, uh, like at some point. I don't know. I turned it on, and I just forgot that it was on, and I don't realize that it's on. And it's not like he's, you know, there is absolutely no more silence whatsoever. It's done yeah. in a in a smart way. Yeah. Um, smart. Uh, smart speed. Haha. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> it's you know, it still sounds good, but it it takes out unnecessary silence. Yeah, and what's also cool is that Overcast now um, is free, uh, full featured. So it was it was free in the in the beginning as well, but for specific features like, for instance, Smart Speed, and also the ability to create multiple playlists, um, that you had to I think pay five five dollars or something like that, and he removed that, so it's completely free. Um, but he um, he's basically saying, you know, if you get any value out of this, um, give me uh, um, a do like an amount um, of your choice or something, and you can also do it like a subscription and and pay that every month. And um, <clears throat> I think that uh, he said that that is also it. It's not exactly as much money as he made um, before, but it is. It's get, it's getting close, and it works. and um, And it seems like he's his motivation also is to, at least that's what he said in in multiple podcasts, is to offer a really good solution to listen to podcasts that is not corruptible. Because he's he's kind of a little bit paranoid about now where podcasting is kind of growing up and getting really popular. That there's companies that are going to try to to make it to make it like their thing and like and there's already 
companies like Stitcher, I think it's called, where yep. if you submit your podcast there, what they do is that they have a way to <clears throat> they have the Stitcher app and it's like a radio app or something where people just kind of you know, do a podcast discovery and listen. And, and for some people, that's just their podcast app that where they listen to podcasts. And what Stitcher does, though, is that they insert their own ads, for instance, into podcasts and um, and then make their own money from that. And so he's a little bit terrified of of this kind of getting more popular, maybe like some big player coming in and, and kind of co completely making podcasting pro pro proprietary. And um, and he is, that's kind of his his way to kind of just have something that that uses the open RSS standard and will never, you know, is not you can't buy it and make it to something else. It's always just going to be podcasting as it is today. And uh, I think that's a good, you know, uh, that's a good cause. Yeah, absolutely. And and the way he put it too is that he wants to basically offer a good alternative to for example the Apple um application that's that's already installed. You can't even remove it, I think, from your phone. Um so he can compete a little better there. And and I thought it was really interesting because it was the breakdown sort of was okay, you know, 80% of the people that have his app installed don't buy or don't go with the um, in-app purchase, and they just use sort of the dumbed-down version, and 20% pay. And now he basically, um, and only 20% get to, to use the, in, in his words, the good version. He would never use the, the, the non-pay version himself. And um, so he made the whole thing completely free for, um, for everyone, and every, everybody gets all the features. And he has this thing that you had mentioned, basically voluntary payments or patronage, I guess he calls it. And uh, it's still 2080. So 20% of people choose to pay him. And they actually do it now on, on an ongoing basis. And I actually, I thought, um, you know, this is something, probably the most used app on my phone. So that's worth it to me. I, and I, uh, I got a, like a year subscription. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a dollar a month, you know, it's 12 bucks. So um that's that's like totally worth it to me. And um so his his um his stats are still the same, you know, the 80% choose not to pay um which they didn't before either, but they get a much better experience. And he hopes that way to sort of entice people to come and and get his app and uh yeah, I can I I don't know, can highly recommend it. It's it's pretty cool and it's polished and you can tell that he sort of made it for himself because he likes to listen to podcasts too and uh it's great yep so we definitely endorse it yeah we don't get money for it but <laughs> do it anyway <laughs> yeah but if, if you have a better uh listening experience then you'll want to keep listening to our little podcast right exactly exactly there yep. so <laughs> and you can jump between topics <laughs> there you go yeah. exactly um yeah 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 you have lots of links what i have lots. yeah um, and we're slowly also <laughs> pick pick one nearing i'm out now to our time thing yeah so i'm gonna pick tom dale on progressive enhancement so he was talking at um oh, I don't remember this conference. Responsive Field Day 2015, which is like a designer 
like a designer conference and like CSS and stuff like that. And he was kind of invited as the, the kind of contra guy to, to the pro progressive enhancement people. So there was, so before he spoke in the month, months before he was um, kind of uh, in involved in like Twitter back and forths with, with um, web developers and also like, like, yeah, like, uh, how do you, what do we say? Like, like older web development uh, people that well people that are, you know, have a name and that are in web development since a long time and that have somehow have a problem with JavaScript and, and, and uh, frameworks like Ember JS. And there was like a lot of, it was kind of, it, every now and then it got a little bit nasty as well. And, This talk was kind of a peace offering, he called it, um, to to those people, and it was also at a conference where that was kind of would, would like the where the attendees would kind of skew towards towards the other side, not his side, which is you know basically saying you know for for applications. Um, JavaScript is is a really good solution, and to 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 use a framework like Ember is is a great solution, and and all that. So so there are like weird kind of comments about JavaScript from from the pro progressive enhancement side, which which is like if you turn off JavaScript, your site is useless. It can't be indexed, and um, and it's like just it's like something ephemeral. It will not be. It will not stand the test of time and and weird stuff like that, which I just find so strange, the kind of arguments that are going back and forth there. And um, and so, but basically what he said is, he, he basically told the story in this video. It's, of course, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a great talk. It's very entertaining and informative um, um, because he's a really good speaker. And um, he kind of ends up, showing that now you can also with um with ember what's it called boot fast boot uh, fast boot with ember fast boot you can create um your your website your your dynamic javascript app on the server side and just um have the server deliver out the initial state of the application or whatever state that your route represents with uh, from the server and then have javascript take over and uh he called it a peace offering and it was interesting because i just kind of felt like it was more like uh what's she gonna do now <laughs> <laughs> that would seem typical yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i mean this is it you know i mean first of all of course for this whole argument is kind of moot to me because it's just like there's applications that are you know behind a login and then you log in and then you have all this javascript come take over and and you um you have you know a great rich experience for this business problem or whatever else you know and um there there's there's javascript is a great solution for that and um it's i think i think this this kind of animosity towards javascript is kind maybe stems from a lot of 
content websites and news websites and you know um, just websites that are publicly available are kind of um, they they have JavaScript or a lot of jQuery code that kind of clobbers it down and makes it you know um, not very good anymore makes it loads slowly and maybe and, and and then in that case when you turn off JavaScript and the site doesn't work anymore then it, that's kind of weird right mm -hmm. but he but but he basically showed that now with fastboot um, a site like bustle.com Uh, they can also you can turn off the JavaScript and that site because it's like a magazine, but it's completely implemented with with um, Ember. Um, that site will still work if you turn off JavaScript, and if you t if you have JavaScript turned on, it's it's just a little better, you know. Yeah, I gotta go watch that. That's interesting to me. That's also such a foreign, I don't know, or incomprehensible thing to say that you know. JavaScript is not part of the web platform or whatever. That just makes no sense, but okay. Yeah. That's yeah, very weird. <laughs> I mean, whenever I see those kind of those kind of blog posts, um, I get so angry. <laughs> I don't know, like I can't I just can't deal. Like I don't understand. Like they get so much attention and then everybody's like whoa 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 and finding with them and and then creating those big responses. I would have never I would never have the patience to write like a blog post response and be all and and, and go into like every and take every um argument seriously and then respond cleverly and stuff like that. I can't I I'm just like I would totally explode while doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's, just, it's incomprehensible to me. I have no idea what that's about. <laughs> and I so I, I wanted to talk about this like multiple times while that was going on during this, um, you know, on reactive. But but then I I just I just always thought no, this is it's you would get good too idea. angry. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Start yelling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it happens uh. again. Maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely dangerous. Yeah. yeah, I think. Have you all seen that uh, the XKCD comment uh, comic of someone is wrong on the internet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's just that's that's why yeah, that's why people exactly. write those long, yeah, drawn out responses and yeah. they fight and fight. It's because because someone is wrong on the internet and it's, it's yeah. It's, anyway, yeah, it's the biggest motivator. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, all right. So I think we need to start wrapping up a bit. Um, yes. We we had a really – we've had some really, really awesome conversations on the Slack channel uh, based off of my my challenge last week, uh, which was, you know, what would you say to your younger self about uh, web development that, you know, what, what do you wish you had known then that you knew, that you know now? Um, and based on our, on our conversation today, I, my, the challenge for, for next week or for this coming week is, uh, to share those, your favorite piece of, of written documentation. Like what's, what is the best looking docs, uh, whether it's in book form, ebook form, just a website, whatever, What's your favorite that you've seen so far and why? Why do you like it so much? Um, I think that could open up a really interesting field of discussion. That's a great uh, challenge. Very cool. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, and we have, to, we have to shout out one new member, I think. Is that correct? All right. Shout uh, out goes to... Um, okay, I'm going to try. Kit 
Keynes or is it Kit K. Haynes? Oh, I don't know. I would go with Kit Keynes. <laughs> Kit Keynes, okay. <laughs> Sounds better. Kit Keynes, shout out for joining Slack, uh, the reactive Slack channel, and also uh, kind of engaged today uh, a bunch in the in the channel asking everybody about their um yeah what they would tell their younger self basically taking up your challenge so that was yeah cool. yeah it was super awesome super awesome we got um, a um nice review mm-hmm. from canada Ooh. what big <laughs> a big a b um it says uh fun and informative five stars the casual style and fun group on this podcast Make me feel like I'm sitting around having a conversation about web and tech with my friends. So Ooh. thank you very much. Yay! Very cool. That's exactly that's exactly the aim here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly the goal. Perfect. So we are delivering. Yes. yes. All right. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't come here looking for something official and like finished. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> that's right. All right, so good. Uh, Wrapping up, I'm Khalil Tweets on the Twitter. You can find the show notes at reactive.audio and contact us at reactivepod on Twitter as well. Mm -hmm. And I am Rockbot on the Twitters. And um, it's just a lot easier to come talk to us on our Slack channel, which you can access via the show notes. Uh, Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm uh, H. Glattergots on Twitter, and please do leave us a review on iTunes. Um, a link to that you can get in the show notes as well, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds I did it good. again. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> you did what again? I said guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I also said it twice already. Okay. It is what it is. What you going to do? Bye-bye. All right. Bye, everyone.